Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. This week is a special episode once again as I am out and about. I am in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota, talking with Diana, the owner, the sole owner. Actually, it's pronounced Diana. Diana, I apologize. See, I've already screwed it up. (laughs) No, it's okay. Okay. It's spelled like Diana, but I'm Mexican, so I pronounce it Diana. I don't want to Americanize my name. No, I don't blame. No, I don't blame (laughs) you at all. So. I'm here with uh, Deanna, uh, Perfect Ash, here in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota, at uh, 9080 Buchanan Trail. Uh, when you're in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, the Twin City area, this is the place to come. Uh, we'll have a, a, a review of the uh, lounge up here in the next month or so, uh, so look forward to that. But I'm sitting down with Deanna today, uh, and uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about some things. But before we do that, before I welcome her officially to the show... Uh, I'd like to invite you to go to creativebraincandy.com and check out all the wonderful family of podcasts that we have there, including Cotobophobia. If you are into nutrition or if you are into lifting, power lifting, working out, Cotobophobia is a podcast for you. Check out Jimmy, Jimmy, and Kareem as they uh, give you the ins and outs of all the things that are important to you as you go through your journey lifting weights, I guess. I don't know. Go check them out. Creativebraincandy.com uh, and you can check out all the family podcasts there. Okay, so that's all out of the way now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the first question I have for you is how long have you been smoking cigars? I have been smoking cigars since 2014, which is when I purchased this place. So I wasn't a cigar smoker before. I was actually, hate to admit it because it's gross, I was a cigarette smoker back in Mexico. So, so okay, so that's a... That's a uh, and cigars made me quit Cigar- from one day to the next. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So I used to smoke cigarettes as well, and I had to use Chantix to quit. But you used cigars as the vehicle to quit. Yeah. Wow. All right. How long had you been smoking cigarettes? Um. So obviously, like a rebellious, stupid kid, I started smoking cigarettes when I was 14 years old, which is when I started clubbing in Mexico, like... Yeah, that's what I started, and I was never a chain smoker or anything. It was more of a social situation, and it was more like if I had a drink, I needed a cigarette. Right. So, like, when I was working or or whatever, I didn't, but it was more of a social thing. More of a social thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like a social drinker, you were a social cigarette smoker. Right. Like, I wasn't doing it on a daily basis, necessarily, or maybe one on, like, every day but the weekends yeah it was like heavy smoking during the weekends yeah that's that's what got me hooked was the heavy heavy smoking on the weekends yeah, yeah especially you know, in my younger days do you remember your first cigar yes tell me about that do you remember what it was it was a cohiba 
So I grew up with um, with Cubans because they're available in Mexico pretty much. That's everything that you can get in Mexico. Cubans. Cubans or Mexican cigars, you know, like the Te Amo or... But you don't get like Patrons or La Flor Dominicana, like anything from Nicaragua, you don't. So I grew up with um, Cubans. When you go to the bullfights in Mexico, like you dress up, it's a place to see and be seen, and you drink wine and you smoke cigars. That's what you do. My ex-husband used to smoke cigars like during bullfights or during weddings, so I would exchange my my cigarette for... For a cigar. For a cigar. So okay. I was probably 2021 20, when I smoked my first cigar. That's a hell of a start, starting with a Cuban Cohiba. Yeah. Like, that is the king of Cubans, is the Cohiba. Yep. Wow. A lot of people like myself, I started with the legacy brands, right? So I started with a non-Cuban Cohiba and the non-Cuban uh, Monte Cristos mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So that's a... that That's... that's <laughs> It's different. Okay, so you were from Mexico City originally. Yes, born and raised. And you were an attorney in Mexico Correct. City. And you moved to the United States yes. when? I moved here 2013, August 1st of 2013. Wow, so you've got the date down. Like you remember. Yes. Okay. So That's a big deal. <laughs> and you moved because you wanted to get your master's degree in business law. Uh, correct. Okay. That That is a long way to go to get to here. Tell me about how you got to here. Okay, so I think anyone who's not from Minnesota comes here for two reasons. One is a job because we have a ton of Fortune 500 companies. Yes. And the other one is the reason why I came here. Stupidity, meaning love a boyfriend. Uh, That's the reason that uh, I came to Minnesota. So we both wanted to get our master's degree. And in Mexico, it gives you a lot of credentials to get a master's degree in an American school, like over a European school. So we came here and we applied both to Georgetown, Vanderbilt, and here. Here was like the last choice. Honestly, I didn't even know where Minnesota was in a map. Right. And You're not alone. There are a lot of Americans that don't know where Minnesota is on the map. (laughs) There's like not much here. And... He, he wasn't that bright. <laughs> you know who you are. Um, he didn't get into any other, other schools. So we ended up here in Minnesota. Okay. And I guess I failed to do my due diligence as a lawyer because it was it was such a culture shock that I cannot even begin. I can't. What, what, are, the, what are the lows, the low temperatures in Mexico City? Like, oh my god so when it's winter and this is like when the mexican ladies like my mom are gonna bring out their fur coats and everything it's probably like 50 55 like in the early hours of the day and then it will rise up to maybe like on a cold day like 70 69 like right now Right, like right now. So whenever last um, year we spent, me and my husband spent New Year's in Mexico, and my mom was like, oh my God, you're going you're gonna to freeze. Like, you're wearing a dress and no, like, I'm like, mom, you don't know what cold really, really looks like. So, What was it like the first, for you the first time you it snowed? Like a lot. What? So I've been going to like Vail and even though I don't ski, like I like just 
shipping sure. cocoa in like this resort or whatever. Um, so I have been with snow, but never I've never driven in snow. Oh my god. Oh my god. Like for your listeners who have never, it's one of the most horrific experiences ever. So that was bad. Walking around in snow. I'm I'm a I'm a Mexican girl. I'm not, I'm a Latina. We love our heels. And the higher the better. And I was stupid to drive to the university in heels because I'm like, I can walk in heels, like in the parking. Oh my like I was grabbing like baby giraffe. I was grabbing all the cars, slipping and falling. It was just awful. And my puffy coats that were supposedly my snow coats. Sure. Oh my god. Like they would do nothing for me. And then had having to spend money on actual winter clothes not like cute decorative clothes so that was that was a learning experience even to learn how to dress for winter sure here. so there was a there was a pretty big learning oh yeah, curve. Oh, yeah for and a sure. lot of spending <laughs> and a lot for of spending which but, i don't mind i love to shop uh, well who doesn't i love to <laughs> shop too uh, so i'm guessing now you've got a pair of stylish boots no, winter boots okay of course perfect <laughs> i just wanted to make sure Okay, so then how did you get to Perfect Dash? Because you came here for school. I came here for school. It was a one-year program. Okay. After the year was over, what happened? So um, the program ended in May of um, 2014. My relationship ended way before that. So but I was already <laughs> stuck here. Um, and then I had a month to kill between like my the lease of my apartment was paid for and I didn't have to be at my new job in Mexico which was like a dream job as a lawyer didn't have to be there and I had a month to kill and I was seeing this guy who had a boat in Minnetonka so I had nowhere else to go it was summer summer is pretty in Minnesota I had made friends so I was like you know what I'm just gonna chill I'm gonna take a, a, a month off rather than go running back to Mexico but then everyone was, my, my friends who were still here were studying for the bar. I wasn't because I wasn't taking the, the, the bar. So I was going back. Right. Um, my, the guy I was seeing was obviously like everybody had a job. Everybody was doing stuff. So I was like bored out of my mind in, in the mornings. And I started looking at businesses to buy, like established businesses. I didn't want to start anything from scratch. But I started looking for businesses, to be honest, in other places rather than Minnesota, like Chicago. I went to Texas, California, like anywhere but Minnesota. Anywhere I was like, nobody ever voluntarily lives here. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Right. Um, and then I, I started working with a broker here who kept pushing me to this tobacco shop, like the paper said tobacco shop. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like sell cigarettes and hookahs? Like, that's weird. So he told me, you know, I just go one day and I, the second I opened the door, it was so funny because, well, first of all, I got get out of my car. There were two guys smoking out there and I'm usually always wearing dresses and my dress flew up to <sighs> top of my head. And the guys were like, uh, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I hope you don't mind the little shell I just gave you. <laughs> Because it was a really windy day. And then I opened the door and I'm like, oh, my God, I've never seen a place like this before in my life. In Mexico, you can smoke everywhere. You can smoke right. at restaurants. You can smoke at clubs. So places to smoke are not a necessity. Right. And my previous location was very like old school. I mean, the previous owners were old. 
So kind of like old school and very cluttered, but still it would it had this this unique feel. And I remember it was all men, all men, all white men. They just turned around. They looked at me and they were like, "This girl is lost." Like, completely lost. And I'm like, hi. And I didn't even have my... I, I thought that I could just, like, walk around without being noticed. Like, because I, I didn't know where I was going. And obviously, that wasn't the case. Right. So, I had to make up a story that I was looking for cigars for my boyfriend. I wasted <laughs> this guy's time who ended up being my employee a few months later. And long story short, I was like, you know what? That is a really cool place. It's really unique. Is male dominated which as a former lawyer um i'm very comfortable with around men i have sometimes i feel like because women can be so freaking catty and horrible so i was like i could be i'm i can be okay and it's latin american which i'm like at least i'm the only one who can pronounce the brands properly true so i don't know i it kind of like something click i don't know what possessed me that i'm like let's do it how much is it I have the money. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to own a scar shop. Obviously, all my friends in Mexico, my parents were like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, I am going to sign the back of the, the, the front of the check and not the back of the check for once. And I just wanted to have a life. I turned 30 when I was here and I, I, I just as a lawyer, I was working crazy hours right. and I was making a ton of money. Don't get me wrong, but it was like money and then what what am i who am i gonna spend it with i i love to travel as well and i didn't i didn't have the time i was glued to my phone it was it i mean it wasn't really a life and the place that i bought had been in that same location for over 40 years so it had a pretty established clientele the guys that were working honestly were absolutely amazing you just met my manager and they were honest like a penny would not be missing so i was able to make money from day one without having to really go there like right. i really didn't even need to be there the the place ran itself so but what literally possessed me to be like screw it i'm going to do this i don't know and then when winter hit i'm like i fucked up what the hell did i just do and dating here i was single dating here is also one of the most horrific like right there with driving with with snow it's horrible like many are like super passive aggressive and they look at me like i'm this weird creature from out of space it was just horrible but here I am. But that experience that you just talked about where men look at you like you're a weird creature, a lot of women who walk into a cigar shop have that experience. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so... I've changed that, though, at least here. Right. And so we'll get to that. I want to get to that. But I want to talk about the history of Perfect Ash first. Mm -hmm. You said it was almost 40 years. Now it's almost yeah. been 50 years as, a, as oh an established God. business. Right. Yeah. So that's in, that, that's crazy to me. And you said you had an, an established clientele and you've changed a lot. You've moved locations. Yeah. You're in this new spot, this great spot. I, I was telling you beforehand, I watched you on Instagram open this and, and all of the hurdles you were going oh, through God, and, yeah. and, and everything. And I want to talk about that. But this place is fantastic. It's great. Yeah. I love the feature wall where you've got all of the, the, the bagel company. Uh, 
oh, I'm going to do something better with that. You're going to do something better. That's temporary. I, I, yeah. like, I, I just, I love it. It's very, it's, it's high class. Mm-hmm. It, it is, but it's still comfortable. But it's it's still approachable. Welcoming. Yes, it's that's, very approachable. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. And your staff's amazing. Uh, your manager was very friendly. And I was like, can I set up early? Is it all right? He's like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Thanks. All right. So, so you became involved with this. You bought it. You, you've kind of you've made it your own yeah. for sure, which is fantastic. This is now the only tobacco shop in Minnesota. And this is for, directly from your website that is solely owned by a Mexican woman. Mm-hmm. Do you know of any tobacco shops elsewhere in the country that is solely owned by a Mexican no. woman? Yeah, I don't either. No. I don't either. So you may be the only one. Yeah. That's got to be pretty. You've got to be proud of that, right? Of course. Yes. That's. Yeah, I th- work very hard on this. And I mean, I bought it and I bought it with my own money. I because I came here with a student visa, I wasn't eligible for any loans because I didn't have credit. And that's something that I learned in this country. No credit is worse than bad credit. Absolutely. So I had to put every single penny, my savings and everything to buy this place. So you took a myself. risk. This yeah. was a big risk. It was a huge risk. And it's it's paid off. Uh, I, I hope. <laughs> I hope. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. Well, at the very least, it's more fulfilling uh, than, than an attorney. You, you enjoy doing this more than being an attorney. You know what? I do. I was a very good attorney. And the reason why I was so good is because I really enjoyed it. However... I do enjoy the fact that I have a life now and that I'm able to travel and I'm married to an attorney. So whenever I get like I get my fix through him because he talks to me about his cases and everything. And even though the law is completely different. And then when I see him so stressed out and everything, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to go and smoke a cigar. Smoke a cigar. (laughs) Does he smoke? Yes. Okay, good. Well, he started smoking more with me. Like he learned how to smoke with me. Oh, nice. Yeah. So do you guys do, like, so because you are, are, are trying to cater more, and again, this is from your website, to women and millennials, mm-hmm. which I think is fantastic because I think the, the base is changing. Old white guys like myself are going to die out soon. Oh, you're not that old. Well, I, Chill, I, Grandpa. There are, <laughs> there are <Chill>. days. <laughs> uh, and so it's changing. You've got millennials and you've got, and you've got women that are smoking more. How did you make that approachable to them? It's interesting because at first when people or when women think about cigars first of all they think of something that their husbands their partners do kind of like to get away right to get away from them to get away from the kids and and they feel also like i mean it 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 is a very unique smell so sometimes they because they associated with something that their husband does in like their alone time they don't understand how good of a bonding experience is for a couple so that's what i've been trying to encourage them to to try something and i make sure that i give them cigars that are friendly mild and i I call them baby cigars because i usually have for example like a double corona by ashton like a senorita um a little macanudo that comes in a tube I think you know, you're not spending much, but you're still getting a quality cigar. You are going to be able to bond with your partner for at least an hour without kids, without nothing. Like that is precious time. And without having to go on a, an official date night and spend hundreds of dollars on wherever you like to go. 
So that's one thing that I've I've encouraged them to. You know what is something that you can do with your husband, and even with with um, by ourselves. You know what? Let's do a girls' night. So I remember I, I had this girls' night that we I brought uh, masseuse two two masseuse that did get did like a chair massage. Sure, sure. I had a bunch of champagne and wine and a bunch of cupcakes and chocolate, and it was just cigars and a girls night and we had a blast and at least everybody tried a cigar and some of them were like well it's not going to be my cup of tea for daily basis or maybe sure but every other week and that paid off with coronavirus (laughs) because people are trying to not kill each other right during coronavirus and for whatever whatever reason cigars just kind of like mellow you down so you sit you light up and it's like okay what do you want to talk to me babe about right so i think it's it's a good it's a good experience it's a good way to decompress yes and you brought up corona and i want to talk about corona but when you talk about decompressing everything's so divisive these days right there's so much division so much divisiveness that is just everywhere this is an escape. How do you mm-hmm. make this an escape for people from that crazy world out there that's just insane right now? I want everybody who comes to Perfect Dash to feel like they're home to a certain degree. Sure. Yeah. To a certain degree. Don't, because don't take still, your shoes off. Because they're still boys right. and boys are messy. Yes, we are. You guys are messy. Yes, very you much. You know it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the model that we have is... Perfect Dash is a place where you come in. You're only going to be a stranger once. We all try to make sure to remember everybody's name, to remember everybody's taste, to be like, hey, Craig, your cigar just came in. Or I'm going to put an order for that recommendation that you gave me. And we want everybody to feel like they're part of the shop and part of the business but still feel obviously like well i can i can tell diana that i want this cigar and she's gonna bring it but i don't have to pay for it i don't have to or i mean i don't have to like put the the order in and i i'm just gonna have to come here and relax and enjoy so people just come here to decompress and they know that this is a safe space and i do make it into like i said a safe space but also safe from for example, politics. That is yeah. always so divisive. It's oh. like, boys, let's play nice. Mm-hmm. That's why I try not to have any news in, on TVs or anything. Let's just do sport. Everybody's into like the Gophers and Vikings and whatever. Let's just talk about Well, maybe something. not the Gophers. Maybe not the Vikings, but sure. Hey, my husband is a former Gopher. <laughs> I agree with the Vikings, but yeah. And PJ Flag is one of our friends, so okay. go Gophers. Go Gophers. <laughs> All right. I can't believe I just said that. I, I apologize to Hawkeye Nation. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. So does making this a safe space from all of that stuff, does that help with millennials and getting millennials in the door and getting them to come back? That's one of the things that honestly I'm super happy and super proud of that. And, and, and this is something that we have in this location versus the, the previous location. The previous location, because of how it was like the layout and everything, it got to a certain degree that it was kind of clicky. And it was only old, old white men. So I'm married to an African-American attorney. So when he would come in with other African-Americans, like nobody felt 
comfortable, even though everybody was like minding their own business. Sure. But and the same thing with with young people. They were kind of like, this is an old people's place. And I didn't want that. So when I got the opportunity of creating this place and I wanted to do something that was like you said, high end, because that's I like luxury things, <laughs> um, but still not make it uncomfortable for people to come in with a sweat. Even if I'm wearing heels, like people to come in with whatever they want and just be comfortable and sit with me and let's have a cigar and tell me about your new baby. Right. Um, and social media has helped with, I, I'm not an expert on social media or anything, but it, it has helped the fact that I have it like moving constantly um, for young people to be like, oh, I just saw that you got the Andalusian Bowl by La Flor Dominicana, or I saw you got Caldwell's, that helping also those boutique brands, that is what the young people want to try, want to see what's new and up and coming and so I think that has helped. And everybody who has come in, they always come back. Even if they're from out of out of state, that's something that I'm super proud that didn't happen in the other location. Yeah. Everybody has come back. This is a, a fantastic spot. Your walk-in humidor is it's, it's bigger than I thought from looking at it online. And you've got a ton of great stuff in there, including, like you said, Boutique. You've got Caldwell. Mm-hmm. You've got Illusion. You've got McAuliffe. Things that not every lounge carries. Like every lounge carries Rocky Patel. Every lounge carries, you know, the Cohiba Red Dots. Every lounge. You've got a wide variety of stuff that fits, like your website says, every palette. Mm-hmm. Everything from from the the mild, the baby cigars, as you like to say, the mild stuff, all the way up to the, the bold Nicaragua stuff. So I think it's. Yeah, they yeah. kick you in the face. Double heroes, yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan. Of, I, I have to be in the mood for the kick me in the face stuff. Uh, but I did pick. I love Crownhead. Crownheads is one of my favorite. John Hoover's a, a absolutely fantastic. We do fantastic. very well, and we just ran out of the Mildias. I saw that. I saw the box in there, and I'm like, ah, oh, I really wanted to and try that. And they're so back order, unfortunately. Yeah, but I did pick up a couple of the yeah, uh, uh, four kicks, Capo Specials. Those are yeah. Those are. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying those. So. Uh, how do you interact with the community? And we talked about this a little bit uh, before we got started, but cigar smoking gets thrown in with cigarettes. It gets thrown in with vaping. It gets There's this social... And that's gross. Yeah. It gets thrown in with that stuff. There's this stigma that goes along with it, and it's not. It is not... It's not addictive. You don't mm-hmm. jones for a cigar, and you don't, you don't have 15-year-olds banging down your door nope. like, hey, man, somebody sell me a cigar. How do you interact with the community and try to change those hearts and minds, so to speak? It's just a matter, honestly, of talking to them. And this is an exercise that I had to do when I was looking for a place to to relocate in. Because there were a lot of spaces that were available that wouldn't even show me this place because we were going to smoke. They were like, oh, smoking? Yeah, no. Not in a million years. So that's why we had to expand our search uh, the radius of, of our search because I wanted to be close to the previous location. Location, And then we ended up here in Invergrove Heights. And the owner, the, the the landlord was like, oh, sure, don't worry. I smoke cigars. Like, we good. But then it was a problem with the city. And explaining to them the whole concept of what is, that this was not going to be a hookah or, 
or vaping or one of those tobacco shops that there's nothing wrong with them. Right. But this is a completely different concept and the kind of people that I was going to bring in and the type of environment that I was going to have here, that it was not going to be like you mentioned, the 15 year old trying to get something because he was being rebellious, like when I was smoking cigarettes at 15 (laughs) or that just because I had that bar area, it wasn't going to be for people to drink. Right. I mean, I had to even change the plans that I submitted to be like employee counter because the whole bar word was causing a lot of drama when I was applying for for the license. Because at first they said, you can't smoke. And then we had to change the ordinance in order to allow us to smoke. And the whole concept of sampling so I remember this this lady was like, well, I want to go to Costco and I sample a cookie. I take the cookie and I leave. I don't have to stay there for an hour. I'm like, well, you, you don't cut and puff once or twice and then put it in a bag and take it home. Right. That's not how it works. Then why are you calling it sampling? Well, lady, that's the actual legal term. I didn't make <laughs> it up. If it confuses you, take it with your, your senator or take it to the legislature or whatever. So... And right now, honestly, all the people from the council, from city council, they come here and, and they're, if they're going, especially men, the women, there's only one that smokes cigars and she has been coming, etc. So it was funny because we had to do three public hearings for us to be able to change the ordinance. Wow. So they agreed and they're like, well, we have to in case anybody it's against it. So we had to do the public hearing. Every single, and it was three, and all the three, we had people coming over. We're so glad you're opening. We so need a place like that. So it has, it, it, it's a lot of um, talking. It's a lot of explaining and, and telling people that this is also, even though it's a luxury lifestyle, it's affordable. It's for everyday people. You don't have to be the president, even though there's a big association of Right. Cigars with power and powerful men and even powerful women. I mean, those pictures of J-Lo and Catherine Seta-Jones and Demi Moore. Demi Moore, I I was going to say, like in the 90s. Hot as ever. Yeah. So it's it's just taking the time to talk to them and make them comfortable with, okay. So now, like I said, all the people from the city council that were like, what? Why do you need to stay there? Now they all come and... Now they At get, least buy. Now they get it. Yeah. Now they get it. Were there any other hurdles? I mean, I've heard of horror yeah. stories with with city and with neighbors and with 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 trying to. There's. I have an anecdotal story of of a, a, a lounge who pumped in fog. Pumped in what? Fog. Like they brought in fog machines, pumped in fog, went next door and said, "Hey, you know where where is the where is the smoke leaking in at?" And they're like, "Oh, it's leaking in here. It's leaking in here." And they're like, "Oh, well, I don't see any." any smoke and come over to the shop it's full of smoke right now and then they turned on their the hvac system and the the air filtration system and it all went away okay so i mean have you had those kinds of issues where neighbors are like i I, i'm getting the smell i'm getting the smoke i'm getting this i'm getting that so as you can see we have a liquor store too well depending on how you're standing on one side and a gym on the other side so yeah we were worried about that um, I put a lot of money on the air system, so that is definitely something that has helped. 
we did have some issue not with the gym gym has never had any problem um with the liquor store that's surprising but apparently the guys from the liquor store come here the guys smoke cigar the guys are awesome um maybe this is gonna sound too bad but the the Karens of the world sure who were coming here to buy their their seven dollar rosé to feel like relevant right were the ones that ew it smells it stings and they were the ones complaining so they're like hey Diana, we have this problem and we worked with a landlord who honestly is a super cool guy and we found out that the problem was because the the space right next to us is vacant it was something with patching and i'm i'm forgetting the actual term sure but they had to do some work in the other vacant, in the place, vacant place yeah because that place has never been occupied so it's pretty much like super thin walls etc caulking yeah. am i pronouncing it sure, correctly yeah. so that's what they were doing and now we're good all right but as far as we have a senior citizen home and whatever as far as the community no everybody has been really nice etc that's good that's awesome yeah. that's awesome so I want to I want to switch gears here and I want to talk about how COVID impacted your business. Okay. So when everything hit the fan in what February, March, April, March, like what happened? What happened to you guys? Did you have to shut down? How did you did you have to change your business model? How you were doing business? Like what changed? How did you adapt? Well, I mean, it was such an unprecedented time for everyone. And yes, we had to close. So the first step is we were not allowed to have people here. So it was, we were operating on a grab and go and curbside only for whatever reason, nobody ever wanted to do curbside. Like people, cigars are something that people want to see. It's kind of like for me going to the cupcake place, like I want to see the cupcakes and choose my cupcake. Here, even though people, some of my customers smoke only one brand, they wanted to come in and see. So we had to do limited hours um, and grab and go. And then that was in March. And then April and May, we were all closed down because we were not considered um, essential. Essential. Yeah. Even though liquor stores were, which was like a huge fight, um, we were not considered essential. So I do not do online sales. Right. Because of our, we have one of the, the, the highest tobacco taxes in, we have a 95% tobacco tax and a 50 cent um, premium cap. But still, it's very difficult because of our margins, etc., to be able to compete with the big online retailers. Our biggest competition as a retailer, as a Minnesota retailer, is not Tobacco Grove, is not Cigar Jones, is not which they're amazing and I I like everyone, but we are not each other's worst competition. Our worst competition is online, right? Because we can't compete with with those prices, with how they they get it and how much they give it for. Um, so obviously, in during that time, people wanted to still smoke so they went to online right uh, um purchasing 
And then we were able to open back again. Curbside. It was curbside only when we were able to. So that was hard uh, with the curbside and the limited hours. And then we were able to to open. But that was that was in May, late May, when we were able to to open it with limited hours. Um, and obviously with the social distancing and and masks and whatnot. So, did you change the layout at all for the social you distancing? You know what? Fortunately, because of how the layout is and how big it is, I mean, we really didn't have to do oh, much. This is a. The only thing that I did change was we had more stools in the bar area. Um, that's the only thing that I changed. So if you go to the to the bathroom, all the stools are over there, the bar stools. Um, that was the only thing that I did have to change in order to keep them separate. And we, I'm, I'm, I've always been a clean freak, always. So I'm always like cleaning and whatever. So I just had to have my guys do that more often. So now it, it was, that was pretty much the biggest thing that we had enhancing like cleaning protocols then maybe we wouldn't disinfect everything only at the end of the night. But now every time somebody comes in and sit, we disinfect right after. So everything's back to normal now. Relatively. Are you, are you seeing I, are you seeing the same type of business you were no. beforehand? No. So I've had two events. One when I launched McAuliffe. Uh, the McAuliffe brand, and the other one was um, a couple of uh, weeks ago with Perdomo. Oh, and I had um, golf outing. We had a great turnout for all three events, like pre-COVID great, because I think that people are just sick and tired of being home and want something to do. Yeah. So it was, I used to have a lot of food and a lot of everything. That has changed now. I don't have any food, or if I have food, I bring um, like White Castle because they come in like their little um, boxes, so <laughs> not things that you have to like touch everything. Um, and the biggest thing is that we have a lot more in and out traffic, grab and go traffic versus staying here. That has been the biggest change. We would be usually packed here. But now people, since a lot of people are still working from home, they just come in, buy five, seven cigars, and go home versus staying here and I would, work. I would imagine that when these Minnesota winters set in, that's going to change. Exactly. That's going to change. And people will get used yep. to, to being in the lounge again and staying for extended periods of time. But I feel so. like people who have come to my, my events and people who know me and know how I keep the place clean, etc., they're very comfortable. So my regulars are here pretty much every day. So I, I just want to take this opportunity to remind everybody to, to support your small businesses, yes, support your absolutely. B&Ms, go in, buy cigars, sit down. If you don't feel comfortable sitting down, I get it. I understand. I do. Because I think we were all there earlier in the year. Oh, for sure. But go in, buy cigars, talk to the people, talk to the staff, talk to the owners, tell them what you're looking for, tell them thank you for being open. And then if you don't want to stick around, go home, but buy local. I, I get it. It's a lot cheaper to buy online. Absolutely. But there's a lot of things that online doesn't give you. It doesn't give you the personal interaction. It doesn't give you the knowledge. It doesn't give you that opportunity to actually talk to somebody face to face. And that's really a, what this hobby is all about. Oh, for sure. And I take really big pride on I that humidor together myself. So I've smoked 
90, 95% of what's in there. And I know the brands and I do my research. So I do like when people come in like, hey, what's new? What should I? I just throw in a little couple of questions here and there. Like, what do you like to eat? What do you like to drink, etc. And you don't get that from from online. Not at all. At all. No. I want to switch gears again a little bit. I want to talk about the industry. And I want to talk about it from a woman's perspective, because that's something that I obviously can't speak mm-hmm. to. What needs to change in the cigar industry, either retail or, or on the manufacturer side, as, as far as you see? Like, is there anything you would change about the industry right now? I think the biggest thing with the industry itself is that a lot of the companies, a lot of the big companies with a lot of resources are more interested in supporting those big companies with the big resources that do online um, shopping or online selling versus the brick and mortar. Um, I appreciate the companies. I, I'm, I'm very loyal. So if the company is good to me, I'm going to be good to the company as well. And I'm going to try. And obviously, I can't bring a thousand boxes of one a particular company or anything because we you don't want to have like the, the just stored over there who knows who, who, who what can happen etc so the way we we purchase we we store it's not like these companies with this big warehouse and no it's not so that i feel the the i guess they don't give us the importance that we have in the industry as a whole and from a business perspective, the industry needs brick and mortar. Needs, but they don't give us the support that we need and the support that we want. Um, that was a big thing right now with IPCPR and a lot of the companies leaving and the companies that we're still supporting. And this, there's no, it lacks, I guess, the fact that it just doesn't make sense sometimes. Right. That... And it's not cohesive and it's not you you can't treat me this way and it it were everybody is working for the same cause. Um that is one thing. And as far as I wish there were more there was a stronger female presence with retailers. And even with 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 a company in like the executive levels, because you do see um, the the female salesperson that sometimes when you go to IPCBR you see them in like this little dresses and whatever kind of like eye candy rather than cigar connoisseurs. Yeah. Um. So I, I I it's definitely a tricky industry. It's not for everyone, and I understand how a lot of women would not be interested in owning a place like this. But if you you just do a little bit of research and honestly it's so much fun we have you get to meet a lot a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and places that honestly no other business will bring together because if you go to a fancy restaurant and you see the ceo of target ceo of target is never going to sit to the mechanic of wherever and in a cigar place you can see the chief police officer of St. Paul who just entered. Um, you can see a successful realtor. You can see a girl from Mexico and you can see somebody that works and he owns maybe his uh, land mowing company or all together just enjoying 
a same passion and and just having a good time. Yeah. Cigar, the cigar is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Everyone from kings to street sweepers and can you see smoke Trump and enjoy supporter it. and Biden supporters just being together and being like, all right. Let's it, chat. It, it's funny that you mentioned that. I sat down and, and I chatted with Glenn Loop, uh, who was the executive director of the CRA. Uh, and he said, you know, in Washington, after it's all said and done, both the right and the left, they they sit down and they have a cigar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if the American people saw that, maybe it wouldn't be so so crazy out there. But yeah, yep. cigars are the great equalizer. Absolutely. So I kind of want to I, I want to talk a little bit uh, about. The PCA. Are you part of the PCA? What was the ICPCR? Yes. Okay, so you are. So what did you think of all that stuff earlier in the year? So when everybody started leaving, some of the bigger companies were like, nah, we're not going to go this year. What was your What was your reaction? I understand where everybody's coming from. And this is when, when um, the lawyer in me comes in and, and now the business owner in me. And I think it creates a better balance for me as a person um, and as a member of, of PCA, former IPCPR. I understand where they're coming from, but I don't understand. Well, I do. Male egos, honestly. I mean, yeah. you guys, come on. And and, and we're bitchy and, cat, and catty women, so yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult to agree on some on something when everybody has their own agenda. Um, I mean, just the thing with the FDAs. As, as a lawyer, my husband being a lawyer, we were like, you're not doing things the way they're supposed to. Right. Like, who's helping you? Like, who is? It was ridiculous. So I understand where everybody's coming from, but we're, it seems like not everybody's going towards the same place. And that is what is sad, frustrating, and ultimately that is what's going to kill a lot of the retailers. It's going to kill so, a lot of the retailers. I think it'll kill a lot some of boutique companies. Boutique companies, absolutely. I think a lot of people don't understand that we're all in this together. Yep. Manufacturers, retailers, the, the Cigar Rights of America, the PCA, we're all in it together. And if we don't start pulling in the same direction, we can, we can fight about the little things, but the overall the overall fight against regulation has got to be everybody Which is completely and utterly stupid. Right. Oh my God. I mean, seriously. Right. But we're not all, we're not in it together. Everybody has their own agenda and everyone wants to follow their own thing and kind of do it their own way. And it's just, it's just not going to work. And we've got to come together as an industry, both retail and, and manufacture it. And, and I mean, and even retailers in every state, I mean, it would be so good if we were to, just join forces rather than pull each other hair hair like if we were a couple of 12 year olds or a bunch of 12 year olds right it's ridiculous i so do you work with other retailers uh, around the area to you know talk about and maybe fight against some of the regulation state level and unfortunately it didn't work out in a good way i know everybody um i I, I don't have the time to hate anybody. Like, that takes a lot of energy. And uh, no. right. I don't like to waste my energy in that. I know that, that some of them don't like me because they feel they feel like I'm too... I don't know. First of all, because I don't have a penis. And they don't like me because of that. Um, because I'm opinionated. Because I, one of, I made a stupid joke one day. Like, I am not going to give my money away. I'm not going to put in the trash. I would rather buy a pair of shoes. I'm not giving 
thousands of dollars to a lobbyist that's not doing her job that absolutely sucks like i would rather buy myself a pair of shoes and he and then one of the retailers was like oh my god she would rather buy shoes and then he wouldn't even talk to me but i'm like bitch please but you have the unique perspective of being an attorney yeah going looking at the lobbyists and going well this and isn't being what the- married to one of the top attorneys in the country right like you have a very unique perspective. I, brought, I like dragged my husband. You're gonna give us time. You're gonna give us free advice, which you shouldn't have, and <laughs> then we're gonna see. And I like we had a full legal strategy to attack our our issues at that point. Oh no, that's too expensive. I would rather give my money to that lady. Oh, you would rather give your money to somebody who's not doing shit. You would rather give your money to. You would rather give $1 to a person who's not doing anything rather than give $3 to a person who's actually going to solve our issues. Yes. I'm like, then we have nothing to talk about. I'm not going to give $1 to... It's insane to me. Like, put it in the trash. No. That's insane to me to take to take someone with, with the amount of knowledge that you have about the law and the amount of knowledge your husband has about the law and to just say... And politics and everything. Right. Like, we have just, both lobbied before. That's even more insane. I don't I don't I don't understand that line of thinking and this no, is this, honey. and this is why the cigar industry is in in the situation that it's in. But you know what this like the little fights that have happened or arguments or I don't even know what to call them that have happened between other retailers because I'm at that point I was one of the newest. So they had had some beef since like way before I came in that I don't even know what the beef is. I don't even care to know. Right. But like the relationship had, was already broken, I guess, with the other retailers. And when I came in and I'm just like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I think they were like, girl, you know shit. And I'm like, well, I might not be as, as knowledgeable of cigars as you, but you're not as knowledgeable as me with the law or my husband. Right. So, I mean, just, I think places or states that have been successful with their tobacco tax are places where the retailers have had a better mentality and a better approach of being like, I might not like you, retailer from across the street, but we're going to join forces too. But it's not like you have another cigar shop no, across the street. You guys are competition. We're no. super far away. Right. I don't, I, again, I just, I don't understand that mentality to take what is expert advice on an issue mm-hmm. that you don't have expertise on and throw it away. Is there anything that you think that you can change in the future with that? Because I honestly think, I think the FDA is probably going to back off a lot. I think the FDA is going to go back to the drawing board and they're going to come up with something that's not going to have... And they have been have, going back and forth yeah. from that drawing board. And, and they're not going to have any teeth. Nowhere near an end. And so it's going to be states. It's going to be local and it's going to be state and that's where the fight's oh, going to be. And I don't think... I love the CRA. I love the PCA. I don't think either one is equipped... No, they're not. ...to deal with 50 different fights. No. So it's going to be As up they, to they, the retailers. They have tried, which we appreciate. Well, sure. Have, like brownie points for effort. But, but bringing in a lobbyist from out of state does nothing. No. The resources are, are not there. Right. 
So how do you, I mean, you're on the front line. How do you change the hearts and minds of those, of, of your counterparts, of your, I mean, they're, your, they're, they're literally your colleagues. They are in the fight with you. They're just fighting the wrong fight. Mm-hmm. So how do you change that? No, my God, that's something that we have been trying, me and my husband, breaking our heads to try to come up with a solution. And we, unfortunately, we haven't been able to to get there because, for example, I come from a very, very macho culture um, where women are just, if you're at the top, it's because you hoard your way to the top and you're... I mean, you're a woman, you should be at home like with the kids. And like, I I come from over here, so here is different, but not that much. No. Like here in, in the United States. Um, it's changing, but it hasn't, it's not right. normalized. Oh, yet. my first experience on, on, in, in, at a trade show was the last one that was in New Orleans. And me and my, my now husband started dating, so he came over with me. Obviously, he didn't know any of the companies he didn't know it was just there pretty much carrying my purse carrying all the free cigars that i was getting right there were a couple of companies that wouldn't even look at me they wouldn't even talk to me like i would ask a question and they would talk to my husband and he was like i why are you looking at me for like i'm not the owner i'm not like i'm the purse carrier here and nope Obviously, I'm not one to take bullshit. So I would be like, listen, if you don't want my business, peace out, I'm out. Right. And I would just walk away. And other companies, some of those companies I didn't I didn't do business with. And some of them, we were like, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Please tell me that's not the norm. Is that is that the norm? No, the it, okay. the majority of, um, of people and reps and companies... Good. I've had a good experience good. with the majority, but still you have your your macho and your and especially when I started. Obviously when I started I didn't know anything about cigars and I was not trying to fake it till I made it. Everybody knew I was super clear that I that I was gonna learn, but that I did that I wasn't like ugh, super cigar connoisseur, like ugh, whatever. No, I, I was not never trying to pretend somebody that I was not. And some of them did take advantage to be to be assholes to me or to. But I might not know cigars, but I know manners. And if you're an asshole to me, I can be I can do the same to you. I can so, be an, yeah, yeah no, I can be I, a bitch I, to you. Yeah, and no, they, I have the same. No, yeah. and there are certain companies that I wouldn't even deal with a rep. That I would go straight to the VP of sales. I have this issue. And you're going to be my contact, you VP of sales. That I know you don't have to deal with the retailers, but you are going to do it. You're going to do it right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's interesting that we're talking about this because McAuliffe recently said, "Hey, we're not going to sell online anymore unless you're part of the Ultimate Inventory Program. You've got to buy our stuff at a B&M. Like that's got to be a big boon for you guys, right? Because right. you guys just started carrying McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. That's your new cigar." I love McAuliffe. It's on our top 10 list of boutique companies to try. Oh, they're delicious. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. So that's got to feel good. So th- I think there are those in the industry that are trying to change things. And I think you're, you're but I think it's, I think it's the new kids on the block Yeah. that are more aware and that are more business proactive and they understand they, that they might not understand cigars, but ultimately this is a business. 
and you can't just pull up your resources to one side of the industry and just like little drop here and there to your or your brick and mortar. You just can't. No. And and not all big companies are monsters or anything. No. For example, we have a great relationship with General Cigar. Our General Cigar rep is Chris is amazing and he they become friends. Like, yeah. They're not anymore the cigar reps. They're like, how's your baby? How's your daughter? How's everybody? Like, you know their lives. They're friends. Um, but general has been has been good. And that's the way it should be, right? Because yeah. that's how it was 100 years ago. You didn't deal with a faceless corporation. You dealt with somebody and they were your friend. They were somebody that you trusted. And they trusted you. And that's what made that business relationship a relationship and not just some faceless transaction absolutely the cigar industry is about being social it's about having people to talk to it's just or maybe you they just come and watch a movie here it's okay that's okay too it's okay too you don't have to talk to me it's okay (laughs) (laughs) Deanna thank you so much for taking the time real quick I want to ask you one question and it'll be a fun question I promise okay how many cigars do you have in your personal stash like, do you have, like, a humidor at home? Yes, I do. How many do you have in there? I don't have that many because I have this big humidor here. I probably have 75 to 100. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, that's more than what a lot of people have. Yeah, that's that's probably... And honestly, I can tell you that a lot of customers have given me cigars that, for whatever reason, I can't carry. Right. Like... There's certain companies that are like, well, you want to carry my, my cigars? You're going to have to put an initial order of 30 boxes. Dude, I don't have the space for 30 boxes, and I just want two of your blends. Right. How well, then I'm sorry. How, then I'm sorry, too. Is that something that you're the only retailer that I've talked to that brings that up? Is that something that needs to change in the industry? Oh, totally. I think it's ridiculous. Totally. Like, no, you've got to carry X amount before you It's can- completely stupid that you're forcing me to... Or that you're telling me how I need to run my business because according to you, that is the only formula that I'm going to be able to sell your cigars. If I have a full wall of your cigars, that is stupid. And trust me, I tried. When I was when I just purchased out the, the store, I'm like, okay, if that is like super dumb, like okay, if that is the way, then it took me a year to get rid of some of those boxes. Yep. A year. My turnaround for a box should be at the most a month. I've had like Mildias. I ran over like through three boxes in a week. Oh yeah, I, like I, that should it should not take me a year to get rid of a twenty count box. No, not Never. at all. That's crazy. I but just, they were like, "This is the way that you should do it. We know better than you." No. no, no, not every not every retailer is the same. Not every state is the same. You cross the border to Wisconsin. That's a completely different animal. Absolutely. It's a different culture. It's a different mm-hmm. community. You, you can't expect to, to have Packers a blanket. And Vikings. Perfect. That is completely the perfect. Completely different. That's a perfect. <laughs> Deanna, thank you so much. Keep up doing uh, the, the work that you're doing. Keep thank the fight you. going. I, I think you guys are doing a great job. When you're in Invergrove Heights, when you're in the Twin Cities, Perfect Ash 9080 Buchanan Trail, uh, you can't miss it. It's right across from a, a fast food place. It's in a great little strip mall, but this place is plenty huge. of parking oh yeah plenty of tvs plenty of space to be physically distanced but still being social 
Yeah, absolutely. That's There's, what we want to do. Yeah, we're six feet apart. We can hear each other fine. It's yeah. perfect. So, Deanna, thank you so much. Thank Come you. visit when you're here, guys. Uh, and join me next time on Simply Stogies, where I'm not sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies. <laughs>